Hello, welcome to Shaken Not Stirred. I'm Rich, and this is Nick. Hello. Don't get us mixed up. We're here to talk about Goldfinger, the third James Bond film, starring Sean Connery... Uh, her. Starring Sean, Sean Connery. Words are gone now. We're, we're in trouble. Uh, released <laughs> in 1964, directed by Guy Hamilton. This yes, is again? Again. Because they'd only done three at this point. Yeah, so they're stuck with the same director. I mean, you don't get that these days, do you? I mean, apart from the, a, a trilogy of films, like, you know, Nolan did the Batman films, but yeah. he knew that was three films. I, I still think that's a rarity, though, isn't it? Even with Nolan and the Batman films, because you didn't have... Right, hang on, now you're forcing me to do a Google search for movie <laughs> trilogies. Jeez, I'm just looking through his IMDb. Guy Hamilton did loads of them. He did loads of them. He did Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die. The first two as well. Yeah. That's, that's it. Um, or am I? You see, the X-Men films, they weren't all the same guy. No. All the Harry Potters were different people. I think the same guy did the last three or something yeah. like that. I don't know that about... That must have been a cushy job. Yeah. It's all written for you. The president has been set. Exactly. You just need to film it, really. Um, so I, I don't know. I think nowadays it's quite rare that somebody does. Mind you, they didn't. Do you know say, what? What? Sorry, I've, I've, we're wrong. Terence wrong. Terence Young did the first two. So this is the first Guy Hamilton one. Oh God, that is a major gaffe, isn't it? Isn't it? That that is terrible. I'm so glad you you realised that before we really got into this, because that would have been terrible. So, in fact, there you go. There's an example of a trilogy at this point directed by two different people. Because <laughs> they didn't sit down and, and plan Dr. No and go, so we're going to make 25 of these. They didn't do that. Whereas now, no. I think Hollywood is looking for things where they can go, we're going to make six of these and, <laughs> and, and whatever. I mean, they're all looking for the next Harry Potter, aren't they? Which they is, are, yeah. Which is why we've got Hunger Games and had Twilight and that sort of thing. And there's a few I'm noticing that are from series of children's books. Um, I think that's a lot. what's giving a lot of weight to them possibly making the Dark Tower series of books, mm. which would be awesome. But Because uh, there's like seven of them. So you've already got the next load of movies sorted. Anyway. What about, what about the, um, the Narnia films? Were they the same person? I seriously doubt it. I didn't see a single one, you know. Did you not? I saw the first one. I quite enjoyed it. The definitive version of the, the Narnia stories is the BBC. BBC. And that's yep. really all there is to it, isn't it? I mean... It looks horrible these days. Oh, I know. I saw it when it came <laughs> out on DVD a few years ago. It's horrific. Wow. Uh, but no, no, they'll never do better than that. You can throw all the money and special effects at it you want. In fact, I think that makes it harder to beat. Clearly, because watching... But Liam it, Neeson as... Uh, as um, uh, I was going to say Sauron. Then what's the what's the line? Aslan. Called? Aslan. Liam Neeson is Aslan. That's a that's a good, that's... a good cast there, isn't it? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. But do you remember when when we first saw Aslan in Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe? How mm. amazed we all were at that lion. I know. It was. It, how is that not a real lion we're seeing? Surely they've <laughs> trained a lion to speak. <laughs> and the whole everyone was just amazed by it. And now it, it looks horrific. It's an animatronic puppet, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not good. Well, it was for 19... Whenever the hell it came out. Would have been the 80s, surely. I don't know, that seems early. I don't... Yeah, it will have been, actually. Because I remember we were reading the books at school at the same time. And that didn't happen at secondary school. Should we talk about... 1988 was the line in which in the world. Right. Um, which is way after 1964, which is when Goldfinger came it out. It is. Good segue there. Thanks. I'm the, struggling. Okay. <laughs> One thing that became clear for me when we were watch, when I was re-watching this again, the, I must admit, Goldfinger seems to be the one that they play on Sky Movies 007 more than any other. It's the one they always play. It's, I think it's probably the, the most famous one. It's the most quotable, I think. Definitely. Um, and so I feel like I've seen it 200 times in the last six months or so. Yeah. Um, but one thing that's, that's really evident, when, when you're watching it with an analytical eye, so to mm. speak, it's clear that this was the one that kicked off the next 20 in yeah. terms of style and stereotypical James Bond-esque content. This, yeah, I've, that, I, in, my, in my notes I've written down that this is the start of, you know, the catchphrase, the start of the, the scene where he orders his drink, the start of, you know, it's, it, it starts a lot of the, the trends that, that happen in the next few films. If it was a TV show, we'd say this is when it grew its beard. Yes. Because um, that's, that's the, for those of you not in the know, that's a reference to Star Trek The Next Generation. When Riker grows his beard, the the show gets good. And so it's kind of known that when a show grows its beard, that's when it really gets going. And and we'll let you know as well when we reach uh, the films that jump the shark. <laughs> yes, that's the next thing, isn't it? <laughs> when Fonzie jumped over the shark on his motorcycle, that was too much for that show then, rather famously. There's a whole website devoted to listing when different shows jump the shark. I've got to find that and bookmark I, I think it's jumptheshark.com. Is it? I don't think there's a lot of searching involved. The silence it you're is hearing the is shark. where we're both typing in jumptheshark.com. No, no, that takes me to TV Guide and a load of pop-ups. Thanks, Ridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, I bet they bought it. There's a picture of a massive woman grinning at me on <laughs> yes, it. Yes, I know. She's enormous. Oh, well. Jumptheshark.co.uk, I think that's it. Yeah, it's jumptheshark.co.uk. Right. We've slammed it. It won't load for me. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what, All two visitors. I'm, I'm worried that my <laughs> uh, connection is down. No, I can still hear you. It's fine. <laughs> it's all fine. Where were we anyway? So, we, uh, right. Goldfinger, yes. Let's so. start at the beginning and work our way through. Let, should, we, should we talk about who's in it first? Okay, if you like. So this is uh, Sean Connery as Bond, as we said. It's also uh, probably, I would say, the most famous characters as well. So you've got the introduction of Pussy Galore in this film. Yeah. Played by Honor Blackman. And Auric Goldfinger. Everyone always remembers Auric Goldfinger. Played by Gert Fraub. Who you will otherwise that. know from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, of course. He is the evil Baron Bombus. Of course. Bombus. I don't, I haven't seen that film for years, but that's who he is. Um, you've also got the return of Felix Leiter, M, Q. Um, odd jobs in this. Everyone's, everyone's favourite. I think I was watching this 
as I as I have been with all the others with my wife. And this one more than any other, she sat there going, oh, that's in Austin Powers. That's in Austin Powers. That's in Austin Powers. It's, yeah. the, it's the most mimicked one. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Oddjob's a very famous character. And his weapon of choice. Yes. Which I think... I, I think that would be a fabulously ineffective weapon in real life. <laughs> do, do you not think... He'd be much better off with like it's a gun. it's almost as ineffective as uh, the the magnetic collars in Wild Wild West. Yeah, it's just <laughs> for those of you who don't know, he has a bowler hat and he can throw it like a frisbee, and it will it hit it. What you kind of feel like it's got a sharp blade in the rim. Mm. Is that what it's it is? It's a top hat. It's not a bowler hat, right? He throws it and he, he demonstrates its power. It's bold, so yeah, it he demonstrates bad. its power first of all by throwing it at a statue, and it cuts the head off the statue. But and you look at it, and 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 when when you see that it's got a metal rim because it lands upside down, and you see it's got a metal rim, and you go, "But that's just a, a plate of steel. There's nothing sharp about that." Yeah, especially not stone cutting sharp. No. And of course, what I'm forgetting is he doesn't throw it like a frisbee. He throws it like a boomerang because it comes back to him. Because <laughs> it's shaped exactly that way. If you really want to examine movie physics, try throwing a bowler hat so that it comes back to you. Well, I, th- I think Bond can always uh, have some questions answered about its physics, can't it? It's. I feel that this is one of the more questionable areas, though. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I mean, he throws a ball out and it comes back. That You can't do that in real life. You can't throw anything at a statue like that and cut its head off. He cuts, he cuts through it. It's not, The rim isn't even that big. No. If you had a saw, and it, a, a big power saw with a blade that big, you still wouldn't be able to cut all the way through the neck of that statue. No. Anyway, so how does it start? It starts the first thing we see, the pre-title sequence. Um we see Bond coming out of the water. Yes. And he's 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 in a a, a dry suit, not a wet suit, a dry suit. Um which was mimicked in True Lies, I believe. We straight away we're into the the classic James Bond tropes with mm. that the the dry suit that he just opens and, it and it's a white and tuxedo the, and the duck on his head as well. Yes. Why have a duck on your head? So you can be close to the surface of the water, but not over the surface of the water. I don't but, know why well, one would need to do that. Why Why a duck, though? Why not just stay under the water? Exactly. If it was night, stay under the water. You don't need a fake duck on your head. Of course. Um, but it's it's just the way it goes. It's, it's a nice little... So anyway, thing. he comes yeah. out of the water and he goes. He keeps his um, his dry suit on at the, at the moment, doesn't he? Because he's sneaking into a secret base hidden in a silo. It's potentially mucky work. Let's be fair. Yeah. So it's it's hidden in a silo, and he's wearing this this um, black dry suit to be incognito. And he goes in um, to this silo and uh, sets a bomb on some very very handily placed. I know uh, barrels of nitro. I uh, I'm just looking at that that scene now, and it's what what I find puzzling about it is how nicely done up the rest of the room is. 
I know. There's it's nice lighting. Odd. There's some furniture, some plants, lots of plants, actually. It's, <laughs> it's, it's quite a, a well-tended room. Uh, it's almost as if they went, yeah, he goes into this secret base and blows it up. And they had no other description than that. And then they came onto the set and went, do you know what? It's a bit empty, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit. What have we got? What can we get easily? Well, there's, there's a couple of armchairs in the dressing rooms. Yeah, that's what they've of, done. A couple of pot plants. There's uh, some chemistry lab equipment set up on one side of the room and like five barrels of nitroglycerin, which is just madness. The, I, you wouldn't dare do that. Do you know how volatile nitroglycerin <laughs> really is? Like, seriously, I, I've seen someone do the experiment where they put a, literally one drop of nitroglycerin on a piece of blotting paper and hit it with a hammer and the paper explodes. <laughs> that, that's how volatile it is. It used to be made um, in woodland, away from any other buildings, and even then they would construct fe- large fences around the factories it was made in, not to keep anyone out, but to stop the factory flying out should there wow. be an accident. It's that volatile. But whoever this is has got five barrels of it just sat in their office. In a silo. In a silo. With that's the there's not even like a proper door. Everyone who goes in and out has crawled through that same hole that James Bond's crawled through. <laughs> that he knew how to open instantly. How did they get the furniture in there? <laughs> <laughs> they must have built the silo around it. That's the that's only why, That's why it looks quite dated. <laughs> it's been there for years. No one thought about it. Yeah, they could. Maybe that's what it was. You know, the silo was built around it. And they went, oh, shit, that's where we, need to st- where we need to store the nitroglycerine. We can't get these chairs out. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. We're just storing nitroglycerine there. Just leave them. So that's, that's what they May do. They as well water the plants whilst they're in there. Yeah. Um, it, needless so so say- he, comes, he comes out, he set this bomb, and he comes back out and, and goes and joins a party. Now, this is another trope of Bond, isn't it? He goes and joins a party just as an explosion happens. Yeah. And he doesn't bat an eyelid. No. Everyone else and goes mental, but he doesn't. He knew that. It was his He's the bomb. only one not running away. And in fact, in fact, I'm pretty sure that that happened in From Russia With Love as well, didn't it? Hmm. There was a big explosion and he was the only one not running. Um, it's when, he, when, they, uh, when they're getting out of the Russian building with the... What do they call it? The little typewriter thing. And yeah, oh, yeah. That, you're absolutely right. The bomb is set to go off at three o'clock or something. It goes off and everyone goes mental except for him who just stands there for a few seconds and then gets on with what he's doing. Yeah, that's what it is. But it's guess, showing I that he's cool. Yeah, it's showing that he, he nothing can, can flummox him at all. Because mm. you and I would probably flinch a bit. If well, an explosion a little blew. bit, maybe. Yeah. Probably couldn't be able to hear or see for a while. There, there is that as well. Um, I suppose that depends on how close you are. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. This is, it's worth noting at this point as well, this has nothing to do with the rest of the film. No. And, and this is the this first is the, time... That, we haven't the, even hit the titles yet. No. And so this is the first time this happens as well. Um, the pre-credit sequence in Doctor No is the, the guy getting killed that he then mm-hmm. goes and investigates the death of. Yep. Uh, from Russia with love. It's oh yeah, it's uh, Robert Shaw practicing, getting ready to kill Bond, and yes. then this yep. started the the idea that you could have just it doesn't have to be relevant to the film. It's just a kick it's in just, the pants to get it, you going. 
It just shows that he has other missions that he goes on. Yeah, he's got a life, you know. It should shine. He's got like, a job. What a what an awful job as well. From yeah. one death defying mission to another. It's what he, why he gets paid what he gets paid, and why he's James Bond. He does that. Yes. So. Um, so then he he goes he goes to this party after he set the bomb and it explodes, and then and everyone else runs out, and he uh, effectively takes the dancer off and is about to celebrate his success. Of course, because there's always a woman in a bath pleased to see him. <laughs> Yet now, people complain about the, the scene in Skyfall uh, where he gets into the shower with the, the Chinese lady. And right. they say it's a bit rapey because you don't see the scene where she goes, hey, would you like to shag in the shower? And he goes, yes. Because it's kind of like he just grabs her. That's what the argument is. I'm not getting into that now. Uh, no. What I'm arguing is that this little bit of footage when he goes to meet this woman is arguably one of the worst things he ever does to a woman in all it's of the It's so rapey, isn't it? It's not... It's so rapey. No, it's not the rapiness I'm getting at. It's when right. he's... he's so he's oh, yes. her, he sees the reflection in her yes. eyes of the man approaching him. And so what does he do? He doesn't just get out of the way of the man who's about to hit him. He holds he her in her. the way. He uses her as a shield. She gets absolutely nailed by this guy coming to attack him completely unnecessarily. He could have just oh, thrown they... her out the way and moved. He could have yeah. done so much. But no. But clearly, clearly she was in on it, though. I think that's what they were trying to get across. That clearly she was in on it, which is why she was distracting him to get uh, bopped over the head by the other guy. That's, it's harsh, though, isn't it, man? You know, it is, it, especially for the sixty. I mean, the, the, okay, the world was a lot more misogynistic back in those days, but for a film to chuck a woman in harm's way, that's pretty bad. Yeah, for for fun, by the hero of the film. Yes. You know? This he's such an anti-hero sometimes. Just how he, he is quite fucked up, just in really subtle ways that. Yeah, go I mean, past he's him. much more fucked up in the books than the films. Oh, without that's a doubt. For sure. But they've. I guess that's their way of trying to carry it across. How fucked up he is in the head. Yeah, um, it's quite horrible. Um, so and so then, yeah, he uses a shield and he's being attacked by this guy, and they have a bit of a ruck. And he manages to throw this guy into the bath that this woman appeared from, where he's also hung his gun at the side of the box. They're about to get busy. Um, and this guy's reaching for his gun um, to try and grab it and, and shoot Bond with his own gun. Uh, and so Bond does the only thing available to him, I suppose. Quick thinking, I must say. I, I'm impressed by it. Absolutely. And, and he, he gets the fan that's at the side of the the the, the bathtub or near the bathtub uh, that's plugged in and running, and chucks it in the bath and electrocutes the guy. Now I say electrocutes. What he actually did was um, it acted as a switch for a lot of red flashy lights. It did indeed, <laughs> because it was a few years before they managed to get lightning and arcing under control or even. In visual effects form. It never occurred to me uh, that, of course, it really does... How do you film that? Because he's really in the bath. Mm. And you've got to make that look like a lit-up electric heater, which you do by lighting it up. And that's... Mm. How did he not be killed? Sort of thing. It's very mm. odd. 
So, um, but we, it gives us the first. It, it does. It does give us the first. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. 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 Uh, this we're going to murder this accent. Oh, absolutely. Shocking. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, Shocking. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thanks. So, in the first <laughs> five minutes of film, in fact, not even that. Four minutes and forty-three seconds. We've got. Yeah. Uh, we've been introduced to the first. A non-story related pre-credit sequence. Yep. We've got the white tux under the dry suit. We've got yep. the explosion without flinching. Yeah. We've got extreme hatred of women, or, <laughs> or you know, lack and of use care of for women them and use of women, and the first ever witty comment. It's a quip, isn't it? It's a witty quip. It is. Yes. After killing someone, that's five major James Bond-related things in the first four minutes and forty-six seconds. It's almost as if it's almost as if it was supposed to be seen by an audience. They, and they said, "Oh, come to the cinema, see a film," but they forgot to tell them what it was. And so, in the first four minutes forty-three seconds, they chucked all that in so that people go, "Oh, it's a Bond film." Yeah, that's we, what we came to see. We forgot the title bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to hit us with another one because this was. Uh, a title sequence with bits of semi-naked women in it. And huge, huge spoilers. Yes, of course. It's full of just bits of the film, isn't it? And and the last film as well. Like, I, I was watching it going, that's from Russia with Love. That's Goldfinger. That's parts of this film and parts of the last... And, like, all the, and there's, a, there's a bit in there as well. You, you remember at the beginning of Russia with Love when he's um, in the boat with the, the girl. Yeah. Um, at the beginning before he gets his call. Um, that was in there. Is there a way and to get QuickTime, sorry, to do a slow advance? Because I'm having trouble... I'd, I'd like to do a frame at a time or something like that. Is that left, right? Left and right buttons should be. All right, I'm not asking. Oh, yeah. Who knew it did that? That's brilliant. Probably 90% of the users of QuickTime. And me now. That's great. <laughs> I've only been using a Mac for... 13 or so years why should i have known that <laughs> but major it's the I, I think it's the first time we see a villain before he's introduced hmm i can't remember there being a is there a dossier in in the other ones before we see the actual villain because it i don't know what they were thinking with this title sequence it's just it's kind of playing out the film almost yeah i'm looking now there's on a black man in it there's pussy galore or Pussy, if you pronounce Pussy. it like James Bond. <laughs> um, I, I find it slightly more offensive the way he says it. It is a little bit, I don't bit, know why. It? Well, and again, you've got the first instance of a woman having a ridiculous name that's a reference to her private parts. <laughs> but we'll, we'll come on to that later, if you'll pardon the expression. Yeah. Um, you, we'd never had that before. <laughs> it, it, this is a bit silly, isn't it? I don't know. I've I've yet to meet her in the book. Now, what I've right. heard, I, I, obviously I'm reading it, so I, I don't know that. Is, am I correct in thinking that in the book she's she's an outright lesbian that he somehow manages to turn? I've, I That sounds familiar. I've heard that. That does sound familiar. It's been years since I've, I've read it. <clears throat> I'm, I'm prepared for that to just be sort of urban myth sort of thing, but yeah, that that's what I'd heard. And if so, that that is hugely offensive. This this is a very bad book. <laughs> <clears throat> I have actually, 
There's a, a, high, a passage I highlighted in my mm. reading. Um, it's quite short. Um, gardeners were working, raking the paths and picking up leaves with the lethargic slow motion of coloured help. And you read that, and you're like, "Ooh, that's you can't say that." Oh dear. Oh, at least they said help. Yeah, rather than slaves or I don't know. No, that's still pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah, that's still pretty bad. A drunken woman can usually be handled by using the thumb and forefinger to grab the lower lip by pinching hard and <laughs> by pinching hard and twisting as the pull is made. The woman will come along. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you try that. You try Jesus. that. Jesus. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. To That's be fair, incredible. before that, that is, it does say, and I didn't read this, it says, Bond read again the passage that had revolted him. So it's in there, oh, okay. but, but he didn't, he wasn't keen on it. Clearly. Uh, surprising, actually. Yeah. It's, it's in a book he's compiling. Mm. It's kind of like it's so it's it's just a sort of throwaway scene. He's on a train and it's just going to his thoughts. Uh, this is the book. Sorry, I didn't want to confuse people. Uh, and he's compiling a book of self-defense techniques, and that's that's in there. Uh, self-defense of a woman is to grab her by the lower lip. It's it's yes, that's pretty much it. A drunken woman. Oh, a drunken woman. Oh, specifically, a drunken woman. Yeah, it is. It is specified. So that, that's the well, book. That's, let me that know how that works with Alison, then. I will. Next time you're out for a drink. I will. Well, you'll know, because the I'll website... I'll never hear from you yeah, again. that'll be it. <laughs> I'll be dead, without a doubt. Um, anyway, onward with the, the film. So, so after, the, uh, after the, the titles, the next sort of major thing that happens is we meet Felix again. And it always is, again, in a kind of, you only know it's him because someone goes, Oh, hi, Felix. Yeah. Because you aren't recognising him from the last film, or the film before that. Um, what's the name of this Felix Leiter? I've lost my page on my thingy. Uh, Sek or Keck Linda. Uh, in Doctor No, he was played by Jack Lord. He uh, was. Let me count this. Two, three, four, five, six... There seven been... different actors. Only seven? Eight if you can't never say never again. I, I had no idea it was so few. I'd never bothered to look that up. Uh, that's... I'm just looking at his um, uh, character breakdown on, uh, on IMDb, and I can see seven. Right. Last dude who played him is in Boardwalk Empire now. He's, quite, he's a nice guy. He's quite. Memorable. I've met him. I've had. I've had right. some good old chats with him. Really? What a thoroughly nice guy, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, he's in. He's in uh, Boardwalk Empire, and quite. He's baddie. He's quite menacing. Oh. In it, yeah. But I can see that. He's one of those. He's really nice. But what you he, know, he's a he's yeah. an asshole. No, he's he's just really frightening. Oh, and he, he's kind of selling heroin a lot. Which I suppose right. puts you in the arsehole category. I, I don't know. But, yeah. No, he's good. And you've met him. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright. We'll get onto that later yeah. down the line, when uh, we hit those films. Yeah. So we're straight <clears> into <throat> Hawaii. Or... Uh, is it Hawaii? Are I don't know I said that. It's and, and Miami. Sorry. Miami. Is it Miami? It is Miami. 
Okay. Ignore so, Hawaii. I don't know why I said that. CIA agent Felix Leiter, uh, who's with a couple of people, and this is the next bit of misogyny that we run into, um, where he taps the, the girl on the bottom and sends her on away, saying that, go on, honey, this is man talk. He does, doesn't he? Yes, I'm watching it in slow motion now. Um, <laughs> Just to get the full effect. Yeah. Um, I've I've been trying to analyse why, as an image, this is such a... Wh- why do we forgive him this misogyny? Uh, well, this and, isn't even Bond, is it? This is Felix. No, Bond slaps her on the ass. Oh, does he? Yeah. Felix is quite well behaved. I think that that puts emphasis on how badly behaved James Bond is. Uh, Felix, Felix is the one who says it's man talk. Oh, right. He's got grey hair and a hat on and he's in a suit. He's just altogether mm. much more grown up than James Bond. It's to say so they're bizarre, supposed to be it? like equal people within their own organisations, you can't see this Felix Leiter getting up to half the stuff that James Bond does, can you? Even in a, no. on a professional level. Have, he, he just seems to be surveillance in this film, doesn't he? He does. He, he's not very energetic at all. He's just chilling out in Miami, mostly. Mm. Which, why not, if he can? Why I think. not? But yeah, I, uh, I don't I, know why we forgive him the misogyny. And I think it's kind of the, the, the concept that if you're awesome enough, women will let you get away with that. And so if you can get away with that, it means you're awesome. And there's some sort of appeal about that to some guys. And that's why we... Do you think it's it. also a, 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 of its time? Do you think it, the, the world was, was completely different back then and, and it was just accepted? Because, I mean, this is, this is 64. Yeah. So it was kind of the, the, you know, the Stepford Wives sort of thought mentality, wasn't it? Mm. But it, it has stayed over the years to some degree mm. it's always been there and it still is kind of there mm. um i don't know we'll, we'll have to analyze this over the coming weeks we'll yeah. see how misogynistic it stays i still think oh, mind you there's a there's a moment in thunderball that is so rapey it's upsetting <laughs> it's like you no know, if she's actually saying no while you're doing it that really is like super rapey that in fact that is arguably actually rapey you know that's a, that's amazing isn't it yeah it's it's the woman at the gym at the beginning uh it happens in like the first 10 minutes of the film uh so it's 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 horrible to watch actually now it's <laughs> it's far worse than anything in skyfall wow where were we he's putting on his so, li- so they're they're at the hotel um uh having a meeting but it's not explained why though is it uh not very well no no, so they're, they're just there, um, and this is where Felix is is chatting to him about this guy, um, called Auric Goldfinger. Very, um, very crucially, at this point, Bond puts on a blue toweling little poolside. Oh, God, it's hideous. I'm reliably informed by my parents, and in particular my mother, uh, in saying that these were all the rage this year. Uh, oh, sorry. In what, this year, 2013. Uh, no, in in the year of of release of Goldfinger, uh, even uh, my own father may have had his own one. Oh no! And the way my mum talked about it was in that kind of yeah. I used to really fancy guys who t- who wore this sort of thing. Oh my god! But not wanting to 
say that to her uh, her eldest child. Um, thankfully, but it was it was one of those like you kind of got the yeah, all the guys wore those. I'm making my own mother sound disgusting now. This is horrible. Um, <laughs> I get the feeling with this scene, I'll rescue it here. I get the feeling with this scene that they, they didn't actually have the budget and schedule to film at the hotel. No. Yes. Because a lot of it is superimposed or, you know, uh, rear projection or something. Everyone looks as if they're standing out completely from the background. They, they do. And it's certainly on the wide shots. The close-ups look mm. like they're done in studio. Yeah, uh, but the the anything that would include sort of the building of the hotel is clearly uh, added in afterwards. There are a couple of shots. I'm looking at the uh, first shot of seeing Goldfinger walk down the stairs, and yeah. if you actually pay attention to the the long hair of the woman at the front and the guy she's talking to, it looks like it's a horrible day in Miami. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's what it was. I'm I'm wondering as well because I didn't get a chance to watch the behind the scenes documentary like I, I normally try to do. Um, but I wonder if there were maybe some rewrites in this scene as well, or some reshoots that they they had to do because um, it, it was it was quite um, normal practice for them to take plates of backgrounds and things, yeah, just in case they wanted to have someone driving away in a car or something like that. So I'm wondering if they because they did it um, in from Russia with Love as well. They did some uh, trickery with the camera when right. they rewrote a scene. Um, in that, so I'm, I'm wondering if they had script issues once they they started editing. They went, oh, hang on, this doesn't work. Quite possibly, um, yeah. In further shots, there are umbrellas nearly blowing over and stuff like that. It's, <laughs> it's a horrible day in Miami when they've arrived there. I wonder if they've got the original footage. Then it must have been a weather thing. If if the original footage existed, that would be hilarious. Possibly. I mean, it's just the shot of the guy waiting at the card table while he's shuffling the cards, and the plants are bending <laughs> over in the background. It's. Clearly, <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, clearly those extras would not be dressed in the poolside wear <laughs> that they're wearing, and then or everything else where it looks nice and people really look happy. It's blatantly a studio where it would yeah. probably be a lot warmer than it was that day in Miami. Especially with the lighting to make it look like a hot day in Miami, which I imagine yeah. would be nigh-on unbear- unbearable. They probably had to film in the off-season because uh, they needed control of a very busy hotel. Mm. I suppose when you so think they... about it, that you're right, they're booking out the pool area of a hotel, which is and enormous. For, for still quite a low-budget film at this point. Yeah. Oh, God, the superimposed shots are really bad. They are. Really bad. Some, mind you, you do the best with you can, you can with 1964 technology. It was a $3 million budget estimated for this one. So it's still, it's still only like a million more than the last one. It can't have been that long after the making of this film that they couldn't have got Sean Connery alone for $3 million. I don't know. Maybe they had a multi-picture deal with him. Who knows? Maybe so. That is a stiflingly small amount of money, but probably a lot for those days. I don't know. Let's move along. He's spying. He's so, being told to check out this dude, Goldfinger. Yeah. In, who's, who's wearing a hearing aid. He's playing deaf, wearing a hearing aid um, whilst he's playing cards. Um, and the guy he's playing against, I, I thought he did it quite well, actually. Pretending, Goldfinger pretending he was wearing a hearing aid. It's going the whole hog with your your thing there, isn't it? Mm. It's not a spur of the moment stuff. He's planned this. Well, they've been playing for a few days, haven't they? 
they they they, they have the, a, a game every day, and this guy has lost quite a bit of money to Goldfinger so far. Yeah, and so he's trying to get get the money back on one last game. Interestingly enough, in the book, he the man who's losing personally commissions Bond to find out what's going on. Right. Uh, because he's actually someone who was in the casino, in Casino Royale, and remembers James Bond from there. <laughs> International spy James, yeah. Bo- James Bond remembers him. Yeah, because there's, there's a, a, a scene where he's playing in the casino uh, in, in the book and he gets attacked. Uh, God, what is it? And anyway, this guy is one of the other players at the table. So he sees him in the airport. Hey, you're that guy I played cards with a year or two ago. What a coincidence. And you think, yeah, it's amazing that he never, ever bumps into anyone that he, was, he came across on a case. Not ever. That doesn't happen. The world's not that big. No. I don't know. And he's had so many adventures. But he's never... Oh, I tell a lie. There's the police guy from Live and Let Die and uh, the man with the golden oh, gun. Yes, of course. And he knows he's a secret agent from England. That's brilliant. That's true. But he's a sheriff, so, you know, you'd expect he's allowed him, to know. Yeah, you'd expect that he'd be on the uh, cutting edge of his game there. Also, now, in, in the film here, Goldfinger's wearing sort of a, a baggy shirt, baggy shorts number, obviously all in gold. Mm. Um, in the book, it describes him as wearing what it calls a bikini slip. <laughs> now... I don't know what one of those is, but it doesn't sound like an like item speedo, of clothing. it's isn't it? It's not something I'd want to imagine Gertfrobe wearing. I get that much from it. I'm going to look it up now and, and, and see oh, if I can find it. Oh, this is the worst thing. Don't look up bikini slip. I just made that mistake. What? Is it a thing? Does, am I going to find something here? Let's see. Check out accidental nudity bikini slip videos. Break.com. That's my first hit. So am I just going to get some really... Oh, that's just soft porn. Oh, no, is it? Yeah, it is. That's people... That's not what I was after. Uh, images. Bikini. Oh, because it's saying bikini slip, like you slip out of the thing. Yeah. So that's what this is. This is just lots of pictures of half of nipples. <laughs> yeah, I think it must have been... Uh... How about clothing? This is terrible. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's the same thing. It's 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 a speedo, basically. If you type in bikini slip clothing. Oh, that third picture of the that extremely toned man there. <laughs> yes. That's a very sort of... Yeah, that's about as close as you can get to wearing nothing without wearing nothing. Yeah. I can't imagine Gertfrobe in that. I'm glad they put him in the shirt and shorts. <laughs> no offence, Mr. Frobe. I just feel that that would not go down well on a cinema screen. No. That's that's all I'm thinking there. Mind you, even he's not... He, he, in real life, Gert Frobe looks pretty much how Goldfinger is described by Ian Fleming. He's, he's yeah. quite well cast. So that, it's like he's dead. You can, you, can, you can say that you don't want to see him in a bikini. He's dead. All right, okay, that's he good. He won't hear. Um, so obviously as Ian Fleming was Saturday typewriter writing this book, he had an image in his mind that was pretty much Gertfrobe mm. in one of those blue little posing pouches. 
so there you go oh you can i i had to go down the rabbit hole and see what website that picture came from that is a joe snyder push-up bikini slip in blue it's 32.95 which seems like a lot of money to me for that much material and on amazon it's on amazon (laughs) and it's extra large as well it is so that's oh 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 yes 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 I'm already there. The string jock body. That is a very interesting piece of clothing there. Check out the back. That's, that's, why would anybody, I don't know, that's. It looks like, I, it's, I. All I can suggest, listeners, So Goldfinger's playing cards. Yeah. Let's, please, I have to close that window. And Bond, being blonde, Bond uh, has worked out what's going on uh, by using uh, some binoculars. Cutting edge. He, cutting edge. And he, he, he sees that uh, there's um, someone up on a balcony and in one of the suites with a telescope or another pair of binoculars. So he, he decides to go up and visit um, the suite. And uh, now this is... The security at this hotel is <laughs> a bit lax, isn't it? It's a little bit lax. Um, he goes up to the floor and, and effectively grabs a maid, yep. uses her key to open Mr. Goldfinger's suite. She knows whose suite it is. She knows how much trouble she'll get into. She um, warns but she him. just lets him do it. She, tells she does him, warn him. But this is Goldfinger's suite. Yes, I know. And it, then off she trots. Yeah. So he goes into the suite well, and he, he th- this goes out. This is just another example of how Bond operates on a level of existence above you and I. And we just can't comprehend. He's just so awesome that women will just let him do that. And that's fine. Of course, we'd yeah. get into trouble. If I did that, <laughs> she'd call security. She'd scream blue murder. I'd be arrested. But he can do that because he's just so good looking. That's, that's how it works. Yeah, so suave. So he goes into the suite and he finds Jill Masterson on the on the balcony, um, calling out the cards of his opposition because he he's he's sat in a specific chair because of his suntan, um, and that means that the guy who he's playing has his back to uh, Jill Masterson up in the suite. Yes, who's, who's reading out his hand over his uh, hearing aid, which is actually a, a radio earpiece. That's the clever bit, you see. That's the planning. You get that made up as well, don't you, surely? Yeah. Because there's not a hearing, you know, radio that's actually a hearing aid or whatever shop. Actually, there is in Leeds. I still can't believe I've never been in there, but there really is. There's a spy shop. Is there? Yes, there really is. And they sell all this kind of stuff. Oh, we're going next time I'm up. Okay. I can't believe I've never been. Because it's something that I've talked about to lots of people over the years, and I've just never been. It's around the corner from just Will's, the, honestly. Just the chance of buying some night vision goggles or something cool like that. But night vision goggles that actually look like a pair of reading glasses. <gasps> no. Yeah, that, it's stuff like that. The pen that's really a microphone. or It's, it's called the Spy Shop as well. It is. Which, <laughs> hiding in plain sight, if you ask me. <laughs> Um, 
So Bond has gone up to this hotel room. I like to think that on his way up, he, he just thought inside his own head, I should go up there and see what's going on. If it's a girl, maybe I could have sex with her. <laughs> I, yeah, that is exactly what's happened. But that's, that's in his plan from the minute he left his own room. Uh, and luckily enough, it's a pretty blonde girl. So uh, I imagine he'll probably be having sex with her in the next minute or so. Um, well, he does. He does lie on the on the sunbed with her, and uh, turn off the earpiece and and look through the binoculars and try and try and. Uh, he tries to fuck with Goldfinger a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Well, he, quite successfully as well. Mm. You, you'll start losing now because I'm James Bond and I've taken over the radio. Um, I'd be tempted to do things like sing to him. And stuff like that. Because you basically just sat in a position where <laughs> one person has got to sit and listen to you no matter what you say or do. And he can't even take his hearing aid out because that no. would blow his cover. Yeah, he's got to sit there and listen to it all day. I'd be telling him my life story for hours. Just so much. It'd be great. I'd drive him to tears. But no, but you see, that's the trouble. You see, I wouldn't have the, the pretty blonde girl to go and have sex with immediately. How does he do it? He's James Bond. That's it. The same way that maids don't call security on him when he breaks into someone's room. All these <laughs> things. That's how he does it. Um, so he tries to get it on with Jill Masterson. Um, but then this is when we first meet Oddjob. But we don't know he's called Oddjob because from behind, he should have learned from the pre-title sequence, shouldn't he? Because he's, atta- he's attacked from behind and judo chopped by Oddjob. Yeah, so we have the judo chop. Oh no! Sorry, he, no, no, no. He does, he does bed her, and then he oh. gets up to get some more champagne, doesn't he? Because the champagne wasn't cold enough. Little reference so he, to uh, not listening to the Beatles without wearing earmuffs. Yes, they were rather raucous at the time, I believe. Uh, and he gets judo chopped. Terrible. Uh, and she gets painted gold. She does. Yeah. Which, again, is another iconic moment in, in Bond history. Absolutely. Um, again, to- and she gets pain. She's dead because she died of... Uh, S- skin suffocation. Skin suffocation. That yes. It. Not a real thing. Can't die of that. Wouldn't have killed her. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. It's not a real thing. You know those people... Is that, that how you- she dies in the book as well? I've uh, No, she's not dead in the book yet. For me, um, but it, no, it doesn't happen like that. The whole the, the the way that this plays out is completely different in the book. Because, uh, like I say, he's commissioned by the dude who's losing all the money. The CIA haven't come into it yet, and as part of when he's talking to Goldfinger on the radio, he also says, "You you know, you're going to start you write the guy a check and for fifty thousand dollars, whatever it's made up of. This is what I'm charging you for, and I want mm-hmm. a." a private overnight cabin on a train and this girl's coming with me. Um, and that's it. So he takes off on the train and he that's where he gets the girl. She might end up dead yet, but uh, no, it's the, all, none of this has happened. There's no painting gold yet. In okay. fact, I don't know that it's going to happen, to be perfectly honest. So actually, I'm interested to see how it plays out because we do eventually get uh, that girl's sister becomes a character in the, the film as well. 
uh, and her motivation is that Goldfinger has killed her sister. Yes, that's true. Um, that's so true. if Goldfinger hasn't killed her sister, then will she even be a character at all? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm only at the point in the book <coughs> where he's getting his uh, mission from M. Whether, you know, they okay. have the meeting with the, the gold guy. Mm. Uh, I forget what his actual job is. Something to do with the Bank of England. Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's, yeah. Um, that's where I am yeah. in the book. Basically, about 20 minutes into the film. We should skip on ahead, actually. We've been going some time. Should, I know, I know. So anyway, he gets his, he, he wakes up, goes back to England, gets his mission from M, and we find out uh, this is the first mention of 008 as well. J- um, just the suggestions that there are other 00... Oh, no, yeah. tell a light. No, that happens in uh, Russia with Love when he gets given the case that's been given to all the 00 agents. Uh, I, I thought he said it's standard issue. Right. For double o- oh, yes, he does. It's standard issue for 00 agents, he says, in from Russia with Love. But this is the first mention of an actual 008. Yes. Uh, as, a, as a character, which does make you wonder who the, who the six preceding are. One assumes there's one through nine. Hmm. I don't know. Well, Although, who knows? It could go, it could go on and on. Yeah. I suppose it could, actually, couldn't it? It seems yeah. a bit silly having this group, this, this, such an important team, and it's nine people. Yeah. You know, and, and so... Maybe nine's enough. People of the other numbers seem to die so frequently. <laughs> you know. So, uh... He gets his mission, or he doesn't get his mission from M. He's told to come for dinner with M, um, and he he runs out and has a little flirt with Money Penny, who uh, Money Penny suggests marriage. She does. There's no gold her ring her on Bob. her finger, is there? No. Um, um, and she throws his hat onto the hat stand. Because she's a role reversal there. Yeah, she's quite cool though, Money Penny. She's she's not. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? She's not one of the girls that just falls for him. No. But she's aware that he's as cool as he is, but she doesn't really go for it. I, I never felt like she really wanted to get it on with him, like it was just playful. If anything, it's a bit sarcastic from her. I, the, the impression I get from Moneypenny is that she's the one that Bond will end up marrying in older age, and she knows that. See, that sounds harsh, like she's just waiting for him for her entire life. No, she just knows. She's just comfortable with the fact that she knows that they'll just get married. Mm, maybe so. I see what you're saying with that. Um, his mission at this point is basically that the Bank of England are, are trying to keep tabs on all the gold, and they're not well, sure the, where some of it is. Yeah, but the Nazi gold especially. Yeah. But uh, they think Goldfinger's probably got a big chunk of it. So go and meet Goldfinger. No, it's, it's smuggling, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's smuggling. Because you can't... Uh, he, they know that he's smuggling, but they don't know how. So Bond is to go and find out how he's smuggling this gold. Yes. Uh, but not before his first ever trip to Q Branch. Yes. Brilliant. This this is brilliant. It's, it's, I, I always love these scenes, as ridiculous as they are. I always love the trip to Q Branch. I, I, I'm with you wholeheartedly. This is always one of the best bits of the Bond film. Uh, my particular favourite of things being tested in the background of Q Branch <laughs> was the bulletproof vest. 
which we yes. see by some guy firing a machine gun it just point blank range i it might even firing a machine gun that closely to someone might even get through a bulletproof vest now but they're doing it in 1964 and then q turns to but bond this is special though isn't it this is special with q branch bulletproof yeah, vest but q turns to bond and goes it's not quite perfected and you think so how wow. many people have you killed in the uh, testing of that? Being that you're now clearly onto the just shooting people with its stage of testing. Like, you've not even got it on a dummy for him to shoot at. He's fucking wearing it. And it's not <laughs> quite perfected. A bulletproof vest is one of those things that you need to pretty much be 100% effective. Especially if you're testing it in a lab. I get the feeling that the Q branch gets through more staff than the double O branch. Yeah. Just through blowing them up, shooting them, setting them on fire, electric, all these ways that Q agents usually get killed. And I, I'm surprised this, and he just stands there going, oh, I'm fine, yeah, you shoot me all you want. That's what a bulletproof vest's for. Oh, yeah. Because no one had seen the opening to Robocop at this point. <laughs> now we know. Now we know. Now we know. Yeah. So he... he... He's introduced. Oh, he asks what um, what his car is, and he says, "Oh, you're getting a, a DB5." Uh, and he said, "No, where's my Bentley?" Because he he used to have a Bentley. And he said, "No, no, DB5, M's orders." It's an oh, awesome car. I wish I had a boss that ordered me to drive a, a DB5. Yeah, there are worse things for your boss to ask you to do, aren't there? Um, yeah. So we get now have the the Bond trope of the DB5, and in fact, the car with lots of machine guns and the ejector seats and bulletproof screens and oil slicks and that sort of thing. I am curious. And, and the tracking as well. He's got, he gets the tracker, doesn't he? Oh, yes, the tracker. One can almost stop off for a quick one on route. GPS maps that uh, are, are displayed in the screen in the dashboard. Yes. The, the uh, changing number plate as well. So there's this car's got everything. Of all the Bond things I want on my car, I think the changing number plates one is is the one I would do because I would speed everywhere. I I would as well. You're absolutely right. Um, I shouldn't have the machine guns. That would result in carnage. Yeah. Smoke screen, maybe? Maybe. Do you ever get chased a lot? Well, sometimes if someone's tailgating you, you just want to get rid of them, don't you? That's true. That's true. That would be a good one. Do you think and it's, it's the, a safer way than an oil slick, I suppose. Do you think an oil slick on the road would actually cause that level of loss of friction? Because in this and in many other films and TV shows, you hit the oil and your car just spins. It's I kind don't of because like I know if on the motorway there's an oil spillage or a diesel spillage, they have to re uh, retarmac it. Really? They have to dig it up and retarmac it. I can I can understand that there's an environmental damage caused. It's just the I, I don't think it would really be as slippy as we should try it. Th- Maybe as part of our, part of the series, we should we should try out some of these things. There Maybe well, that can be like a bonus episode at the end. That sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> what, do you know where we can safely pour oil all over the road? I don't know. You see, no, I, what, I'm, land? I'm not willing to do the driving because apparently. If you're driving a car and it hits an oil slick, you will fall down a ravine and your car will explode <laughs> on the way down. 
I'll try it. You could be in the flattest land on the planet. In, they're in the middle of the woods. Yeah, but there will suddenly be a ravine. Your car will go down and it will explode on the way down. Um, should, we, should we skip ahead a bit? Let's skip ahead he, a bit. He, then, he plays golf against Goldfinger, works out he's cheating. We meet our job again. No, he, he makes him it. cheat. Oh, he makes him cheat. He does because he, he hides his, switches his ball, the balls. He should be playing with a Slazenger 1 when he's really playing with a Slazenger 7. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, he, he, this is the second time that he's... Uh, no, was it the first time? It's the second time he's run into Goldfinger, or run into James Bond, he says, isn't it? Because he knows that he was the one in the um, hotel room because Odd Jobs, his caddy on the golf course. Yeah. Um, and just at the end, he produces the Nazi gold he's been given, and that's his in with Goldfinger. After smashing him at golf. This is apparently the time that Sean Connery became interested in golf. Oh, really? Yeah, while filming this film. Um, it's made pretty obvious quite early in the film that we that Goldfinger's smuggling his gold via his car, isn't it? It is. It's basically after this bit, after the golf yeah. um, uh, thing, because Bond follows him, and, and this is where he next runs into... Uh, Jill Masterson's sister, who is called Tilly, Tilly, uh, because um, Bond follows Goldfinger, uh, and then Tilly follows Bond and tries to shoot Goldfinger, but almost ends up shooting Bond because she's a terrible shot. And uh, he has a bit of a roll round in the in the woods with her. No, I don't think they uh, get it on. Oh, no, don't they? they? Don't. No. Uh, basically, she's a bit of a non-character, actually. Uh, he trashes her car with the chariot spikes that come out of his wheels and burst the tyres. Um, oh, yes. So we have her for that scene. Then she's in the next scene where he's kind of watching Goldfinger's factory at night. Um, yes. And, and she trips the alarm that causes them to get attacked. But she's killed in that scene. She has maybe five of minutes course. of screen time, barely on, on any job lines. kills her. Yeah. So it's she's she's just a bit of a non-character. She exists entirely to show us that he can blow up other cars' tires with his car, and to trip that alarm. Because it's, it's exactly, and it's it's in the vein that you know Bond wouldn't have been dumb enough to do that himself. Had he mm. been there on his own, he'd probably have just escaped scot-free. But this is, of course, when there's a the car chase around Pinewood Studios, and he crashes into your office. Uh, ish, yes. Ish. And as, <laughs> ish. It, as it shows, your office used to be a bit of a shed. It's yeah, what I worked it, out it, from that. It did, yeah. I actually, yes, I, I, In fact, I walked past the exact spot today where he crashed his car. I'm, I'm so jealous of that, you know. I don't know if that comes out at all. <laughs> you've been there, you've seen it. I know, that's why I'm jealous. I went and saw it. You walked past it today. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Anyway, I did notice that the editing, the shooting of this sequence is rather poor. There's a lot of scene, a lot of shots where it's just that shot that they've just used. Yeah. Um, he drives down the same bit of road several times in the and same direction. And it's sped up a lot as well. Yeah. And and that's that's inexcusable at any on any level. I would it's think just, so. I mean, it's... It's done in the I, studio. I can understand a bit, but it's unrealistic. It's done in the studio, so you're not paying for location shooting. 
It's done at night. This is clearly an easy thing to do, actually. You just mm. need a few shots of the car going fast down a street past the building. That's it. Uh, and they didn't do five or six more. And it, that bit, no. that as a bit of production, kind of cheapened it for me a little bit. Perhaps I'm picking up too much on this stuff, but it's not a reason to dislike it. But it does lead us on to the next very famous scene with the laser beam. Yes, he's 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 tied to the the table with the laser beam demonstration that's cutting through the table as it leads up to his groin, his most treasured possession that is about to get lasered. And turn uh, into gold. Don't turn into gold, yeah. And and Goldfinger decides that that's it. It's done. He's just gonna. He's just gonna kill him. So he says good night, Mister Bond, and walks off. And then uh, and then Bond's obviously a little perturbed and uh, thinks that he's not going to get out of this. So he mentions Operation Grand Slam, um, which he's just overheard about. Just overheard something overheard. And 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 then we get the line. So, uh, uh, do you expect me to talk? No, Mister Bond. I expect you to die. Very famous line. I love that line. It is our very it's first great. James Bond. Just shoot him in the head. Moments. Yes. Why have you? Why have you strapped into a table with a laser beam? You've got guns. Just shoot him in the head and dump him in the woods. Done. Nothing can possibly go wrong with that but you've gone with a laser beam that turns things into gold and you're going to shoot him in the knob with it. What What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Because it doesn't even cut the table. It just turns it into gold. He's not even no, I'm sure d- it cuts the table. Does it? I don't think it does turn it into I think it's for melting gold. I don't think it turns it into gold. Otherwise, you'd just be no, shooting No laser could do that. Wouldn't yeah. All day. Like, why would you even turn it off if it did that? I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. But then they stun him. I, th- I think you're getting confused with Goldmember. I think he had something that turned something into gold. Right, okay. That's, uh, maybe it was his member. It's a bit horrifying. I don't know. It is. It is. Then we're going to meet, let's meet Pussy Galore. That's the next Yeah. Because Bond con- convinces him to keep him alive. He's, he's worth more alive. So he, he wakes up in, uh, he's drugged and he wakes up in a, a aeroplane. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He wakes up in an aeroplane. And this is where we meet Pussy Galore, who introduces herself, and we get another a quip. I must be dreaming. Yeah, that's the it. line that Bond says. Um, and of course, the the servant girl on the plane who's dressed in far too little. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite weird. She's Everyone on... has pointy breasts in this film. They, I think that was the sixties thing. I think right. everybody had pointed breasts in the sixties. I don't know how it's that almost works. like if you if you if you're just trying to draw your very first woman from the side and you just do triangles for for breasts you're not far wrong there that that's pretty much it. I don't know what that's about uh breasts definitely got round more roundy over time <laughs> and there was a brief so, hiccup with Madonna in the eighties yes, there was yeah. Um, so, I, sorry, uh, sorry, to inter- decides- sorry to interrupt you again. I, I do have to call attention to something in this scene on the plane when he's given his case back and he's getting changed in the the bathroom, mm. and the 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 little Chinese girl is told to keep an eye on him. And there's that that fun little scene where she's peeping through different areas and he's covering it up and all that sort of thing. Yeah, what could he possibly do in that little room that she could stop him doing? 
that, I don't that know. And, and surely they would have they would have <coughs> searched his case as well they before make it, giving it back to him. They make it blatantly clear that they've searched his case because he asked for his other case and they say, sorry, that was destroyed during inspection. And so they, they know what he's got on him. They've given him everything that he's got on him. What, why are we keeping an eye on him? Sorry, it's a minor thing, but these little bits just... It is a me. bit weird. Like, we, and there's a lot of spy holes in, in that bathroom. There is. What were they... Ex- when they put that in, they were like, should we put a spy hole in the toilet? That, really? <laughs> That's a bit... Well, you never know. Somebody might want to do something. What? Do what in there? And that conversation <laughs> continuing through until you eventually agree on three spy holes in the toilet. It's all a bit... Maybe that's something Goldfinger's into, all, though. You all know. defeated quite easily as well. Yes. Oh, he just hangs like his they've, they've planned. They've, they've planned three specific spy holes, but then they put, like, somewhere to hang your jacket Above over it. one of them. <laughs> and then another one that's blocked by him opening his case so and the other one that he, he defeats with shaving foam on the mirror yeah it's it's really badly done there I don't, I don't know why they did that anyway we find out that pussy galore trains pilots she has girl pirates that all have pilots sorry pirates pirates <laughs> that, would, that would be a different film girl pilots all with pointy boobs yes uh and all, all through all of this by the way MI6 and the CIA are like, oh, he's fine, he's still moving. Yeah. Because they're tracking him. He's tripped his homing device thing. Another question about that. Sorry. He's got the big one and the little one Mm. that does exactly the same job. Why does the big one exist? The big one existed so he could track Goldfinger to his factory. It does the same thing as the little one. Couldn't he have just been given two little ones? I don't know, maybe it was the range. Oh no, but the little one was so that it could fit in his shoe, Yeah, wasn't it? surely you just have little ones. If you can make them that small, why would you make a big one? That can be seen much more easily. And that sort of thing. I know the big one is magnetic, but surely they can make the little Mm. one magnetic as well. They're both magnetic. There you go then. He He clearly says they're both magnetic. I don't know. Like, it would have been so much easier for him to hide that little thing on Goldfinger's car than the big thing, surely. Especially a car that they're going to rip apart piece by piece when it gets where it's going. Yeah. Never mind. I do okay. love these films, really. Um, <laughs> so, so they arrive at the stud farm, Auric stud farm, um, and uh, we meet a lot of mafia people, apparently. Although we don't know because we're never really introduced to them. Oh, they, but um, they talk about the north side and they've got accents. They're blatantly yeah. mafia. And and they've all helped Goldfinger set up Operation Grand Slam, effectively. And we discover this, but they don't even know what Operation Grand Slam is until uh, a very elaborate series of displays and models yes. <laughs> has been built specifically into a meeting room or a rec room, kind of, in a pool table that flips over. and Yeah. All this just for one plan. And it's a lot of time and effort for, for one plan that he's explaining to a load of people he's about to kill. That's the other thing that's most ludicrous about it. He shows them, then he kills them all. Why, why would you even waste your time like that? I, it makes no sense. But the models are brilliant, aren't they? I love they the, are. They've got little cars on the roads. 
and little houses and everything. They've forgotten that you can stand underneath a big building in the middle and hear everything that's going on in the room. As James right Bond next does. to the prison cells where yeah. he, where Bond's been kept. So and he escapes, of course. I, the escape scene, I love that. What? What? Just he, where? Hang on. You know when, when he comes, he comes up. He's being guarded in his cell. Oh yes, and he yes. just keeps walking up to the 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 bars and waving at the at the guy. A very cheeky wave. It is as well. Of a, Woo! Hello, <laughs> and a wave. <laughs> And he does it a few times until the until he comes back up and then just sort of sinks down beneath the the level of the the peep window, and the guard's like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" So instead of I don't know calling for backup, he uh, he goes in and uh, gets jumped by Bond, and Bond escapes, of course. Mm. Now it's it's worth noting at this point as well in the back in the room with the mafia, we've had mm. the classic. Uh, event of one guy saying he's out he's not interested in goldfinger's deal so he's allowed to leave and he's driven off by our job in a car which is then put in a crusher and turned into a cube if goldfinger was gonna kill everyone in the room anyway why did he bother smashing up a car i don't know i was some sort of weird psychology on the guys remaining in the room wasn't it where he was like oh well you're free to go he gets but n- then he killed them all anyway. He gets nothing further from those people. He's not waiting for them to sign something or give him something. There's there's nothing they get other than the plan explained to them and murdered. The whole thing's weird. It is weird. And and all 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 whilst this is going on, this this entire elaborate scene of of plot and everything, we cut back to Felix who's eating a KFC. He is. Cuz hey, Bond's still on the map. They haven't smashed his tracker up, be right. And that's truly what the CIA are doing. It's Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's KFC. Yeah. Because they're, they're in Kentucky where Fort Knox is. Of course. So it's just, well, isn't it just called Fried Chicken there? No, it's still called for Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> it's, that, it's that thing. Of, in China, Chinese food is just called food. That's, you know... <laughs> So in, in Kentucky, one assumes... <laughs> you want to get Kentucky, a Chinese takeaway? No, let's just get a takeaway. Yeah. So one assumes in Kentucky, Kentucky fried chicken is just fried chicken. Oh, they can't say, do you want to pop down the road to the Chinese? They must say, do you want to pop down the road to the English? Yeah. Assuming that, well, then it would have to serve like sausages and pie and that sort of thing. Bland, bland things. Bland food. Stuff with no flavour that's yeah. brown. That's what we excel at. <laughs> we do. We do. So anyway, yeah. So Felix is, is eating KFC. Cut back to uh, the 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 stud farm, um, and and Felix has decided. Oh, we better check on them, just in case. We'll check on him, make sure he's okay, because he hasn't moved for a bit. Um, let's go and have a look. And and so they go along there and uh, very unstealthily spy on what's going on. And they're seen by Goldfinger, who goes, right, okay, we're going to make them think Bond is okay. So parade him up here, give him a drink, we'll have a chat, and, uh, and they'll, they'll disappear. And that's exactly what happens. It is. The CIA are very easily confused, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I'm just seeing now, uh, uh, being reminded that Objob, of course, shoots the guy that is crushed in the car. So that's, that's all right. Because I was thinking, if, yes. I, if someone drives you to a car-crushing machine, 
get out the car. You know, especially in this kind of situation. Bit weird. Um, it's a bit weird. So after this, Bond is, is being led back to wherever by Pussy Galore, and they end up in a barn. And uh, I've written down here, he effectively mouth rapes Pussy. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> he does a bit. There's, well, here we we show that she's got a bit of gumption about it because she throws him on yeah. the floor as well. There's a bit of fight back yeah. from her. She's got she knows spunk, the judo as they well. Say. Yes. Um, even though I don't know, she was the oldest Bond girl at this point. Anna Blackman. Yep. Not not one of my favourites. I'm being purely, really. I'm being purely. I don't know chauvinistically. I'm, I'm just on looks. Just that I'm purely working on looks. I'm almost ashamed that I'm saying this out loud on the show, but no, purely based on looks, she's she's not one of my favourites. In fact, arguably my least favourite. And you're right; it's happening now. He's mouth raping her. You know, I, I realise we say the word rape and various versions of it on this show more than really any other. There must be something in that. I don't know. It's it's unwanted. It is. It's there's a lot sexual of sexual predatory, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's basically there's, what it is. There's a lot, a lot of it. Um. So basically, now we're just onto Operation Grand, Grand Slam happening. It does shift we along are, this film, doesn't it? it? It's only eighty-eight minutes. I think. I think we've spent that long talking about it. I know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, the idea is that they're gonna. They're going to rob Fort Knox. No, they're not going to rob Fort Knox. They're going to put an atomic bomb in Fort Knox. They're going to rob Fort Knox, but they're going to put an atomic bomb in Fort Knox so that they don't get the gold, but they irradiate all the American gold so that it collapses their economy. That's and they're it. Going to, and they're going to knock out all the, the National Guard um, defence by spraying them with deadly uh, gas that's going to kill them and that's where pussy galore's flying circus comes into it because they all fly over and <laughs> spray this gas and it's, it's supposed to kill all the all the army guys does it kill them or knock them out well it's supposed to kill them um and that's what we're led to believe that it's going to kill them because this but is we a... find out later that they're only knocked out well no because pussy has a conscience they're pretending yes aren't they they're, they're all pretending all these soldiers are pretending They've even... T- God, there's, there's a scene with an overturned van. That wouldn't happen. What? They were just knocked out. <laughs> How did that... Never mind. No, there's no ramp. There was no ditch. Nothing. No. It was just overturned. Yeah. I, I don't know what that's about. But so yeah. anyway, but we see a close-up of Felix at Fort Knox and we go, he knew the plan, but now he's dead. We think he's dead because he's been sprayed by this gas. Dumb and, uh, Felix, we think. Dumb for yeah, idiot. What? Oh, he's useless. Contract Bond thinks he's okay and then dies. Rubbish. So anyway, we, they arrive at the at Fort Knox and they bring in the laser to cut their way in, which is where we find out what the laser is actually used for. Um, and then they bring in the bomb, and then they open the safe door by pulling a lever, which makes the combinations link uh, synchronize, and it opens really easily. Um, and then they're, they're inside, and, and they've got Bond handcuffed to the bomb. Why, why have they brought him? To... Why would you bring him? 
Because he didn't die with a laser, so an atomic bomb must finish him off. They could have, like, shot him in the head by now, a billion times. So that that's something. Why wouldn't you leave him at home, locked up in the cell, while you do Operation Grand Slam, and then shoot him in the head later? Just shoot him. He has no... He shouldn't be there. No. How... Who does that? They've kidnapped someone, and they've brought him with them. From the the cell he was locked up in. They could have just locked him back up in that. Because he didn't really escape from it. Someone let him out. That's really what happened. It's because they think he knows a lot about it. And so they, they he's there. They bring him along to make sure that everything goes without a hitch. He's a, he's a hostage. So if something goes wrong, because supposedly Bond knows all about it, and so do his, his colleagues and superiors, then they can use him as a hostage, maybe. I don't know. It's weird. That's, that's how I'm justifying it. Okay. The point is, he's got to fight odd job. Yeah, and the army have woken up by this point, so they're they're um, uh, keeping odd job. Uh, sorry, uh, Goldfinger's men busy outside. The entire army against twenty guys brought in from I think it's Korea, isn't it? It looks like that. Yes, I think I think they say, they say at the beginning that it's Korean bodyguards or Korean private Korean army. Uh, I know they definitely say that odd job is Korean. Mm. Um, uh, so. He he has this fight with Odd Job inside because they're locked in because um, they they want to keep the bomb in there they want it to explode and uh, the army are, are right there so they they lock the safe with Bond in it and Odd Job um, and then they get into this fight. It's a great fight and it it's proves brilliant. what an ineffective weapon the bowler hat boomerang really is. Yeah, especially when one gets it caught in some metal bars near an electricity outlet. Yes, and and Bond takes this to his advantage when Oddjob goes to grab the hat and and then picks up this arcing wire that looks like a, a, a very severe mains cable with his bare hands and shoves it against the bar. Um, and he's fine, by the way, uh, but Oddjob gets electrocuted and, and dies. He does. Um, and in, then, in the meantime, we see that uh, uh, Goldfinger is, is escaping by disguising himself as an American general. Clever move, I think. Um, and Bond's got to disarm a nuclear bomb. Yeah, he he has. And, and he hasn't got a fucking clue how to do it. He's about to pull some wires out when um, the, the bomb disposal team, who's a man in a hat, uh, runs in. And just turns the, the switch to off. I love that. It's really quite well done, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That he arguably doesn't really even save the day at all. <laughs> all he does actually is kill Odd Job. Yeah. That's, in, in actual fact, that is all he does. I suppose he tells the CIA about the plot to rob Fort Knox. But he doesn't, though, because he leaves the, the note in the. Um, pocket of the guy, the mafia guy who left, who got crushed by a car, so they don't even get the note. How do they know it's happening then? I have no idea. Oh no, because Pussy Galore is an inside agent, isn't she? But she, she, doesn't, switched, she doesn't... She switched the gas over to the fake gas. Well yeah, but she, does she tell the CIA as well? Well we don't see that, but we assume, that's what we kind of assume after it all happens, because we find out Pussy Galore's actually Have we just uncovered the a, good guys. a gaping plot hole in Goldfinger? That has gone unnoticed for nearly fifty years. It's assumed, Rich. It's not. It's not laid out for us. It's assumed. I think there's a bit of dialogue where they go, "Oh yeah, well, you know, Pussy Galore's one of our agents, and we sorted it all out." <coughs> right. Oh, roll credits. Okay. 
I think it's it's right on the end. They they explain it. They do that a lot in Bond to tie up loose ends. Right. But anyway, so so they disarm the bomb and the timer stops on zero zero seven. Best um, time that. Yeah, it is. It's either that or two seconds, isn't it? It's always yeah. two seconds. Um, they they do it very well, and of course the guy turns it off. Then we have to catch up with Goldfinger, though, don't we? Yeah, Bond's on his way to meet the president for a, a, a personal thank you um, for saving America, or America's gold, I should say. Um, and Goldfinger's on the plane somehow. Well, the plane does look suspiciously like Goldfinger's own plane, only without the Auric plane Enterprises yeah, sticker on the side. And he's dressed as an army general, um, but you would think they would go, hang on a minute, you look a lot like that Auric Goldfinger <laughs> You do, don't you? Do you isn't, have... isn't that... It's like you're separated at birth. Yeah. Where did he go, by the way? Did anyone see him? You sound suspiciously not American as well, and you do have a gold revolver with you. <laughs> you know, so there's the problem. And rather so... famously, he's just sucked out of the plane. Yeah, they, he shoots the window and he gets sucked out because earlier, much, much earlier, when we first meet Pussy Galore, Bond says some bollocks about if you shoot the window out, you'll be sucked out because of the air pressure. Which I think is a good example of how to do that sort of thing. It is set up, but you don't realise that until it, it's not, hey, Bones, what are you doing with that triple? Yes. You know, it can be done much worse than this. Uh, and it, it just washes over you. And you kind of, of course, the plane, and he said that earlier, didn't he? He said it would happen. Uh, is you th- that's your thought process? Um, I don't know why Bond's not then sucked out. I'm just waiting for because that bit of play. I think, I think the plane is diving at this point, so therefore it's diving to a point whereby the air pressure would equalize. Yeah. No, it sh- it which I think that. is around eight thousand feet or something like that. Yep, yeah, it, it shows that, and that's pretty much the point on the altimeter that it shows oh, very yeah. close up. As it, as it plays, so that's it. And then, of course, with two of them there, <laughs> they can pull the stick back and not die. No, they don't. No, they don't. They have to parachute out. Oh, you're right. This is it's playing out in front of me now. I forget details like this. They parachute out onto an island um, and uh, decide to hide from the rescue party whilst they have some fun in, in the jungle. I, I always... What I end up thinking after these scenes is, so, after, like, three hours... Do they give up? When you've definitely finished doing what you're doing, are you not, like... Three three hours? Well, just, like, allowing time for sort of... It's a machine. You've sort of got your initial go, then perhaps a bit of a chat, a bit of a cigarette, that kind of thing. Then maybe... And that awkward conversation. That awkward... But maybe a novelty second go. And then the following chat and that. Then maybe you allow for about three hours. And then you sort of like, well, we, we're stuck in the woods now. It's going to be dark. We should have... Yeah. Uh, if Probably only should we'd, have got radio or... Yeah. If only we'd been rescued before and then just gone back to a hotel, which would be infinitely more comfortable and... Uh, Sanitary. Yeah. That must be what happens. I think there's one where he's left on a life raft somewhere in the middle of the ocean. You think, <laughs> great, for, for that bit of a shag, you're going to die of exposure or or dehydration or something what? <laughs> that makes no sense and the, even the worst one is Moonraker <laughs> you were going to say that the, that's the worst one because however fit the girl you could shag is you, I think you've got to concentrate on landing a space shuttle 
But I tell you what, it does give us one of the best lines of the series. But we'll we'll leave that that's, for the that's for true. The, the show that we do on on Moonraker. I just think if texting and driving is dangerous, <laughs> then then shagging and piloting a space shuttle has got to be up there. It's got to be. That's another tweet for NASA that I must ask. So they're left on an island and then the credits roll and we find out that James Bond will be back in gold, in Thunderball. He will indeed. And that is uh, Goldfinger. No need to watch it now, really. No, not really. I've never covered anything so extensively, but I feel that was marvellous. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Well. It's, it's, still, it's still one of the, the, the quintessential Bond films, isn't it? It is indeed. I I wouldn't want to never see it again. I will. It it won a it won a an Academy Award. Don't you know? Was it like sound editing or something? There, sound effects. There you go. It's technically an Academy Award winning film, but you know, it's not like best film or something, is it? No, sound effects. That said, I think it's got ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. This film, and it's got. Oh, I've lost it now. How many on IMDb? It's got 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a good film. It's definitely worth to watch, and it's one of the better Bond films, despite its uh, massive plot holes and the like. (laughs) But that's the beauty of Bond. They've all got massive plot holes, and they're all ridiculous. Doesn't it just wash over you like they're not there? I've had to... I I mean, like I say, I've seen this film 200 times all throughout my life, and any problems I've noted with it tonight have really only just come up for me. I, I don't know what that's about. I think you forget. I think you because you see it so many times, and and you you very. It's very very rare that you actually sit down and watch this film all the way through. You normally just catch it, and you go, "Oh yeah, we'll watch it." It's Goldfinger. We'll watch it, and then you dip in and out because it's on on a Saturday afternoon, round about Christmas time or something. Yeah, it, it's it's one of and the. You forgive ones. it. You forgive it. I I think you do. And it's it's great. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. If you have, you'll enjoy watching it again, no doubt. So, thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shaken Not Stirred. We will be back to talk like about... Bond. Like Bond, to talk about Thunderball. Just like this. So, bye-bye, everybody. Bye.